Welcome to the BL podcast and I am your host Jayapriyanka. In today's episode we'll be discussing a trend that's reshaping the landscape of farming. We have heard of corporate farming. Off season, corporate farming by startups and MSMEs has become the new normal and we are here to uncover how this trend is transforming the lives of farmers across the region. This new trend involves startup companies and MSMEs hiring farmers or signing different types of contracts with them to produce agricultural products and make it to the final consumers. Archana, founder of My Harvest Farms, tells us how this business model actually helps farmers increase their income. Farmers were doing monocropping with paddy, three to four month crop, and they would hardly earn twice a year. Roughly, they were earning about three thousand, four thousand a month. Today, we work with the farmer to grow multi-crop. At least nine months to ten months in a year, each of my farmer is earning anything from eighteen thousand to even forty-five, fifty thousand. Also, farmers who would be typically unemployed during the non-season now find employment and expertise through this approach. Shan Kadavil, CEO and co-founder Fresh to Home, explains more about this. They are basically fishermen because of the pressures on the marine fishing. Right, their source of livelihood is typically affected. So these are the people who come to us. They own the farm or they lease the farms, water bodies. Uh, we give them the capital as an advance. uh and then we do a guaranteed buyback once they start the process they find this quite attractive right if they are successful and then they'll move full time into this stuff while there are concerns about exploitation of farmers and corporate farming the companies with better knowledge about marketing practices actually get them better price for the produce rahul singh co-founder of ecosol tells us how it happens in his unit that processes palm leaves the farmer used to sell the plate for 4 rupees 4 and a half rupees and i used to get the plate for 8 and a half to 10 rupees today farmer gets 6 rupees but ecosol also buys at 6 rupees so in this partnership farmer is successful they are getting the benefit of the last mile dollarization as we said like when we exported and consumers are also benefiting in terms of lower prices because we are procuring at lower prices we can provide goods to our consumers at a lower price This not only offers them a steady income stream but also provides companies with expert labor and access to the agricultural sector. Shan Kadavil tells us how it is possible for the startups to provide better prices to the farmers as well as make the product affordable to the buyers. Yeah, one is you know the first thing is that we are cutting off middlemen, right? Secondly, basically when it comes to our our case, we are more of a organized player. so we are able to give a fair uh, assessment of the price and then the farmers know their price up front along with the stable employment farmers are also reaping additional advantages some companies even take farmers on vacations and offer social security benefits like esi and pf schemes rituraj sharma founder of zeta farms tells us how aggregating farmers efforts and providing them social security benefits is a win win all the farmers are like freelancers they were doing their work on over their own farms so we are trying to aggregate these freelancers giving them all the benefits and also a safety net to them pf benefits are there they are get, getting education for their children plus also we are offering them the pilgrimage for their elderly recently launched an initiative of a pension fund creation for these people who are associated with us rahul singh says that agriculture laborers lack social security benefits and the startups are building that gap 
there were three, four things that we actually did, right? You know, so one is we mandated that more than 50% have to be women. Second thing we did was we actually tied up with a few universities like Sivirabhan University. There's an MOU we signed, right? Where basically we started training the farmers in the right practices on how to operate a machine, how to even repair a machine, how to package products, how to do quality check. We did a lot of upskilling and training for the farmers. And we provide them living, really good working and living conditions. We give them medical, okay, through ESIC. We give them provident funds. Those were some of the things that were truly lacking in the unorganized industry. We have now on a mission to adopt a few schools as well, where we can actually start investing in the future generation of the people that work with us. Not just farmers, but also landless agricultural laborers are absorbed into this system. Rituraj Sharma tells us how Zeta Farm does this. So the lands are associated in the format of profit sharing. Suppose a person is having lands with them. So he will be getting a certain share or different profit share out of these lands. Okay. And the person who is not having a land, he will get a different category of profit share out of it. Along with the other benefits or you can say the secured benefits which we are giving. The startups not just act as a marketer to the farm products. They educate the farmers to become entrepreneurs by upskilling them to make value-added products. Archana gives us an example from My Harvest Farms. So when somebody does dying, doing just perenda as a crop today, they do perenda podi. Then we have kanji mix. So we have traditional rice and millets which are being grown by farmers. We have worked with the farmers to upskill them and now they also make value-added products which are selling better. Like beetroot becoming beetroot malt is a lot more appreciated. Once upon a time, it was difficult for our farmers to move from bulls to tractors. But the present era makes it indispensable for the farmers to move away from the technology in harvesting. These startups are actually making technology affordable and accessible to the farmers. Rituraj Sharma tells us more. As we involve like different kind of new technologies in our farms, these farmers are also being equipped with these kind of technologies. They have their skill upgradation. They were not able to afford it previously. Now with us, we are buying it for the users in our, in our farms also. And parallelly, we are also training them for these things. So these factors actually make agriculture an attractive career option for youngsters. Archana tells us about her youth farmers. Most of my farmers are uh, late 20s or early 30s. All of these guys are also graduates and they were told not to come to the farm field. But they always wanted to get back to the soil. So we have enabled youngsters. So most of my farmers are youngsters who are changing and getting back more youngsters in their village to be part of the change. With the technology and resources, this business model can actually create more rural employment where seasonal unemployment is a biggest challenge. Okay, so India is the best place to do it. India has all the three ingredients. The first is the raw material. The second is the talent base. And the third is technology, right? We have all three. The products we are talking about, okay, generates rural and tribal employment. The unstructured sector, the uh, unorganized sector, the rural unskilled labor, like those are the people who get employed in the green industries. But it's not all that green for the startups and the farmers. Rahul Singh tells us the challenges they face in bringing farmers to the organized sector. Big challenge with working with the farmers is like they have the right product, but they do not have the international certification. It's a very complicated legal process. And the second thing, they don't have access or the sophistication to reach out to large retailers. 
the two things that we sought for is essentially we will we took on the responsibility ourselves on certifying their products globally. So now, for example, palm leaf trade that we produce in Shimoga, it has the USDA certification, it has the UV certification, it has a lot of certifications globally. So it becomes exportable product. Like now their products are sold in 11 countries across the world. So that also contributes heavily to the export economy of India. Despite all the challenges, this is needed to make Indian agriculture an export-oriented sector. Professor Sukhpal Singh, Center for Management in Agriculture at IIM Ahmedabad, tells us that this is the way forward. So it's good to see one is that farmer also learns in the process. We have never been quality conscious in our agriculture production sector. We have said only produce more, produce more all the time. But quality, food, safety also matters. And high quality gets to higher price. So we, we it's good that uh, this kind of uh, impulses of quality, food safety, and marketing uh, uh, are coming into play in the Indian agriculture sector. So we have to ensure that the, the farmer gets her due. Also, it is not easy for the farmers to trust the corporates and start working with them. Some companies tie up with government institutions like Krishi Kalpa to gain trust. But it still poses a big challenge. Rituraj Sharma explains us more about this. There is a lot of challenges in it to convince the farmers to tell them that this is not a purchase contract with you. This is an association wherein you just need to do the work which you were already doing. Plus, over and above that, if the profits are being coming in the company, we will be sharing those profits with you. Another big challenge for the startups is identifying the right players who will suit the business. Shan Kadavil tells us more about the challenges that Fresh to Home faced. The challenge in the sector as a whole is basically uh, primarily around figuring out organized players to come into the segment and uh, in turn attracting more and more farmers to come in. Because if you look at uh, fish farming in general in an organized manner, uh, India has done a great job in the Venami and the prawn segment. But anything in the fish segment is quite poor. And uh, bringing in more, you know, organized players uh, who can provide fair value to the, the farmers is another big need for the R. Professor Sukhpal Singh explains to us the reason behind this. I think there's a lot of potential in agriculture. It's not that agriculture can't support people. Only thing we don't have that kind of interest and engagement and policy support for farmers. To engage them better, not only that they can be part of the uh, growing market, but they can also engage in the higher stages in the value chain. For example, they can set up farmer producer companies, they can start procuring, they can start processing. So then that can bring better value out of the value chain for the farmers and farm workers, not just employment. Many of these new age farming endeavors are centered around organic farming. Startups and MSMEs are recognizing the value of organic products in the market. Archana tells us how there are no incentives for natural farming and that becomes another big hindrance. So natural farming doesn't have benefits of crop insurance and all of that. Multi-cropping is not into the government's foray right now. Uh, when the government came in with the scheme to incentivize farmers doing natural farming, we were able to take them to the government. So we are trying to create an ecosystem for natural farming, which is currently not there actually. The Nabar and everything is for the conventional farming, chemical-based farming. That's what is already there, but we are creating a new ecosystem. Professor Sukhpal Singh gives us a solution for this and emphasizes the need for incentivizing these companies. I say that exemption from market fee or any of the costs, uh, IPMC charge to the buyers, 
should be used more as an incentive for these companies to go to farmers, either to buy directly from them or to do contract farming with farmers. So that could have led to more uh, sort of um, uh, uh, better penetration of this kind of channel among farmers. Right now, it is just not happening. Everybody is mostly buying from Mondays because there's no compulsion to go to farmers. Despite all the challenges, Archana tells us how the scale of operations could be a solution to all the problems that the sector is facing right now. This is how actually it was supposed to happen all this while, but the farmers were just taken as vendors. The scale at which we're doing is today is very, very small, but agriculture is a very larger sector. The problems today are not just technology-wise lack, but also things which are, are not even spoken about before. So farming, doing farming is tough. Finding the right market is tough. Everything is tough, but I think it's all doable. And uh, if we have farmers also as part of the equation, I think a lot more good will happen. So as we embrace this model, there's a potential risk of farmers becoming subservient to corporate demands. Professor Sukhpal Singh hence tells us the importance of striking a balance between the benefits and the potential drawbacks of this approach. All players are welcome in the agriculture sector. We need more and more market face for, for interface for farmers, whether domestic or multinational or agri startups or MSMEs, whatever. The important thing is that can we have arrangements where farmer gets some say in the value chain? And for that, you need to have things like FPOs platform which can help farmers negotiate better with these players or things like contract farming which should be properly regulated in terms of the terms and conditions. More importantly, when we talk of uh, agri-value chains, whether domestic or export-driven, we generally stop at farmer interest. We never go beyond that. Today, if you realize that most of the agricultural work is being done by laborers, landless laborers who work for wages, men and more importantly, women, can we bring concerns of workers also into these kind of um, arrangements? And lastly, I would say that we should more proactively engage small farmers and farm workers into value chains. So we should make this as part of the arrangements to, to align agriculture sector better for markets. It's clear that there are a lot of potentials for growth and improvement in this sector. With farmers forming a significant portion of workforce, Rahul Singh says that this shift has far-reaching implications. So one is essentially like, you know, the awareness is rising, right? You know, I think uh, four, three, three years back when we started this, right? You know, the awareness about, you know, being in partnership with contracts to become an entrepreneur for a farmer was a very alien concept. Awareness itself will create a lot of entrepreneurial ecosystem in smaller communities in tier two, tier three, tier four cities of India. In fact, you will see that more than 50% of the new startups are actually getting started in tier two and tier three cities. Absolutely. This shift not only impacts individual farmers' lives, but also contributes to the larger agricultural landscape and the country's economy. It's clear that new age farming is not just about technology and corporate partnership. It's about reshaping the future of agriculture itself. Thank you listeners for listening to us. Until we get back to you another interesting podcast, this is Jay Priyanka signing off.